This is Zach Courier, and you're listening to Pro Lacrosse Talk. On Schreiber. Snyder with scores. Now it's Mike Pinnell scores. Hands off for Rabel. Switches hands and scores. Kylie O'Miller showing off those shifty skills. Right off the bat, there's Lyle Thompson. Right, welcome to Pro Lacrosse Talk, the voice of Pro Lacrosse. I'm Hutton, he's Adam, and together we're bringing you interviews with your favorite players and coaches, as well as news from all four professional lacrosse leagues. Welcome everyone to another episode of Pro Lacrosse Talk. We are fresh off the heels of the PLL Entry Draft, and we'll be talking all things PLL today, as well as bringing you some reactions from some players who were drafted on Monday. Today I'm joined by Adam, my co-host, as well as our guest, PLL analyst Joe Keegan. Joe, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. No, of course, we're glad to have have you on. You know, we've appreciated all the, the breakdowns and analysis you've been doing leading up to the draft, and uh, looking forward to get your, you know, quick thoughts from the entry draft this Monday. Yeah, it was a quick draft. Uh, a lot of talent coming into the league, so a lot of teams got better tonight. Absolutely, and uh, we know that you were really singing Zach Courier's praises. He went number one overall. Um, I will read off the, the rest of the list right now. We had Zach Courier, number one to the Water Dogs. Jesse Bernhardt, number two to the Chrome. Rob Pinnell dropped to three with the Atlas, so he gets his wish there. Eli Gobrecht was taken by the Archers at four. Then we had Zed Williams with the Whip Snakes. Finn Sullivan with the Redwoods. Dylan Ward with the Chaos. And then round two, Ryland Reese with the Water Dogs. Donnie Moss with the Chrome. Craig Chick with the Atlas. Christian Mazzone with the Archers. TJ Camizio with the Whip Snakes. Greg Puskalagian with the Redwoods. And Jason Noble taken with the Chaos. So... First off, let's start off with Curry, Joe. You were really singing his praises, talking uh, talking him up. Um, tell us what makes him the perfect fit for Coach Copeland's squad. Well, I don't think it's just Coach Copeland's squad. I think it's the entire league, right? Like, mm-hmm. yep. the way that this game was played last year. Uh, the two best teams, in my opinion, in transition were the teams that made it to the championship. Now, the numbers bear that out. The two best transition defenses were the Wits and the Redwoods. Uh, the two worst transition defenses – Missed the postseason. It was uh, Atlas and the Chrome. So you have a guy like Courier on your squad. Uh, obviously, you're going to defend fast break, uh, face-off losses really well with a guy like that on the wing who can get back into the hole. If he's playing your six-on-six offense, you know, you're defending after your turnovers, after your saves. Um, and in the same sense, we saw Courier play strictly scored 17 midi for Team Canada in 2018. Mm-hmm. And he can push, you know, turn that defense into offense. So if you're winning in those two areas of the game, fast break offense, fast break defense, then you're in really good shape in this league. So, Coach Copeland, like you said, yeah, perfect fit for the league, but more specifically for this team, uh, the way that he wants to play some two-way middies. He wants to play Danny Ike, Drew Snyder, uh, Kyle McClancy, Ryan Conrad, those types of roles. And Zach Curry is, you know, a fifth versus top midfielder for him. You know, absolutely. And, uh, you know, not many people – remembered either that uh, Zach Curry can face off too if needed you know obviously they have a face-off guy on there with Drew Simino but uh you know you got Zach Curry too he he does it all and he's he's proven that at Princeton he's proven that in the pros as well um you know with the outlaws so yeah I think he's he's a great fit um and now Adam you correctly predicted uh that Curry would go number one and you also nailed that Bernhardt would go to the chrome and you know then Pinnell to the Atlas why do you think these two players are a good fit for their respective teams yeah you know Bernhardt was a fantastic player in the MLL, and that Chrome squad is really looking 
to replace a guy like Joe Fletcher after his retirement. So he just seemed like a seamless fit to, to go in there and the addition of Donnie Moss in the second round also shows uh, that concentration on the defensive side of the ball. So uh, both great pickups for the Chrome on, on the D side. And obviously, Rob Pinnell, uh, not much to say when it comes to um, why he was a perfect fit for that Atlas squad. They have their ex-attackman now, and he joins the likes of the rest of that 2018 US, USA squad that brought home the gold seamless fit uh, for the Atlas. You know, and Joe, what are your thoughts on Pinnell to the Atlas? Obviously, you know, many people wanted to see it. He he gets his wish. He he falls there to three. Um, obviously a great fit. Do you think the Chrome ever considered picking Pinnell? Um, you know, we know they already have a guy kind of similar in skill set with Jordan Wolf. Um, or do you think they were just set on Bernhardt from the start? So I, I, I think they were set on Bernhardt from the start, but they also explored other ways to get Bernhardt. Uh <laughs> maybe start a little bit of a bidding war between the archers and the Atlas, right? Mm-hmm. If anybody wants to trade up. Mm-hmm. The problem there is if the archers traded up from four to two and took uh, Rob Pinnell, then the Atlas was going to take Jesse Bernhardt. So the Chrome wouldn't get their guy. Uh, so neither team really wanted to trade up. I, it, the archers might've wanted to. Uh, the Atlas knew they didn't need to because if Chrome traded down, Chrome wouldn't get their guy. So, yeah, long story short, they were set on Jesse Bernhardt. Um, and when they realized that there wasn't a way that they could get him and trade down, they were plenty happy just taking him uh, and adding another player from that 2018 Team USA defense. They have Galloway and Cage, Will Haas, Joel White, and Jesse Bernhardt now. That's looking like a pretty good defense, and that's obviously an area of need. They had the best settled offense last year, so I don't think they needed to add Rob Pinnell. Mm-hmm. Um, so. No, absolutely. To make a fit, but I don't think it was ever in Coach Sudan's plans. No, absolutely, and he gets you know a defensive stalwart and uh, Jesse Bernhardt, and you know his guy Donnie Moss, who you know he he coached uh, in the Rattlers for a few years too in the MLL. So a lot of people left him off the draft board, um, myself included. I thought he might go to maybe the Chrome or to the Chaos, um, but uh, you know he his Coach Sudan got his guy, and he's you know putting together a. Good-looking squad, uh, you know, very familiar to what we saw uh, when he was coaching in Rochester. So it's going to be a whole new look, I think, for the Chrome, despite, you know, them returning a lot of these guys. I think, you know, Coach Sudan's really got his group that he wants to take into the summer. Yeah, he's got a really good group, uh, and they're all fired up to play for him. And Donnie Moss, like you said, is one of his guys. He knows his guys. Uh, Jesse Bernhardt might not have been a guy that he's coached before, but I think that defense is confident that Bernhardt will gel with the rest of them. No, absolutely. Um, and, you know, we had some, some great fits, and then we had a few surprises too. So uh, I'll ask you first, Joe, and then we'll go into you, Adam. Which picks kind of shocked you uh, in this draft? I guess the first shock, shocking pick would have been uh, Dylan Ward to the chaos. Uh, so the big thing for Coach Towers, right, was finding somebody who's going to fit on the 18-man roster. There's no use in spending that pick on somebody who might be an occasional game day player, but for the most part a practice squad player. Um, backup goalie was obviously a need. Uh, I don't think Dylan Ward's backup goalie in this league. He was all world in 2018. He's a starting goalie, but for right now he's going to back up the goalie of the year. Uh, Coach Towers found value because now he has a goalie that he can dress. Uh, anywhere else, I don't know that he would have found somebody who was going to dress. He could have picked a pole, but he has a strong group. Offensively, he has a ton of weapons. 
Uh, it's going to be tough to crack that lineup as it is, so he didn't need to bring anyone in. The one guy I thought that he might take would be TJ Comizio as mm-hmm. a replacement for Kyle McClancy. Yep. Uh, I mean, obviously, a great takeaway guy, very physical defender, uh, would have paired nicely with Mark Lucini at short six D mid, but I think Coach Towers is confident in the guys that he has at short six D mid, so he went to pick somebody to round out his eight team and roster. You know, absolutely. I, I thought he might go with Camizio. I thought maybe he might take a pull too, like uh, you know, Jason Noble who ended up getting later in the you know, the second round. Um, you know, I thought that was a good fit for him to, to grab, you know, especially being in the toughest spot with drafting at seven and fourteen. Um, but uh, Adam, what were some of the shocking picks that you kind of had? Yeah, kind of. To, to to be honest with you, I'm reiterating uh, what Joe just said was the Dylan Ward pick. The fact that he's been a goalie of the year all world in, in previous stints um, was the surprise. Um, but it makes complete sense when when Joe breaks it down um, that he was looking for um, coach was looking for an opportunity to add someone to to that roster, and, and Dylan Ward would be that guy. Um, I was looking at Ryland Reese potentially at that spot too, um, based off of the makeup. But Dylan Ward makes complete sense. But like you said, Joe, come when you're bringing in an all-world goalie and you already have the reigning goalie of the year, it'll be an interesting competition. Yeah, and there might be some pressure on Coach Sowers to play Dylan Ward and uh, yeah. play, run some attack. Yeah, I know that would be very fun to see. Um, and I could even see, you know, maybe them going with a, a dual goalie set, kind of like we saw with the Archers. Um, I think they're both kind of a little bit of different style too. So who knows what we'll, we'll see with that. But um, going off of the Shockers, who do you guys think did really, really well in this draft, at least filling their needs? You know, obviously with the top three guys that went, um, you know, they were going to kind of make an impact no matter what. But there were some other teams that really made the most of what picks they were dealt. And um, which teams do you think those were? Yeah, I'd say the Whipsnakes, even though they were outside that top three, like you said, the coaches across the league really identified uh, – Courier, Bernhardt, Pennell is the three game changers. And then everybody after that was kind of a tear down. Uh, but the Whipsnakes being able to add Zed, Zed Williams in the first round and then TJ Comizio is huge, right? They lost four guys to the Water Dogs, four offensive guys. They needed to kind of bring in anybody who can produce some points, uh, especially with the status of the college draft with these seniors up in the air. We don't know who they'll be able to add. They are banking on Brad Smith being back. He sat out all last year with an injury. Um, they have some guys, you know, who didn't really crack the lineup regularly, like Jay Carlson can play down low on attack. Uh, you bring in Zed Williams. Now all of a sudden they're piecing together their six-on-six offense. And with Camizio, we might see Jake Bernhardt turn into more of a two-way role or an offensive midfield role. Uh, he played mostly strictly defensive midfield for them last year, but we know how versatile he is. Yeah, no, for sure. And uh, we're looking forward to, I know we'll get to some sound from some of these guys a little bit later, but uh, Jesse said him and Will Haas are really looking forward to their matchup with uh, Jake and John against the Whipsnakes. So that'll be a, a nice sibling rivalry. Sure. What about you, Adam? Who who do you think really kind of, you know, uh, I wouldn't say one. I think every team kind of did really well in this draft, but who do you think really filled their needs the best? Yeah, when you talk about filling needs, I think the the Redwoods absolutely did just that. You know, Finn Sullivan, 
Um, we'll see what happens uh, with Matt Landis coming next season. And if he's unavailable, Finn Sullivan can fill that role right away. And uh, one Greg retires, one Greg comes in at the faceoff X for the Redwoods, right? And they, they fill that role. And Greg Puskelgian is uh, an awesome veteran presence to add to that roster uh, of already stacked veteran presence. So I'm excited uh, to see what he does at the X. And the Redwoods, if any team did, uh, filled two specific roles that, that they were looking to fill. You know, for sure. Uh, I'm excited. Um, I kind of like what the, the Archers did, too. I thought they might take... Uh, Zed Williams, you know, maybe ahead of the Whip Snakes. Uh, they end up, you know, opting to take Eli Gobrick, but you know that defense again is going to be scary. And I think he's a good guy to, you know, start in that starting three um, on defense, especially if you know Jackson Place isn't able to recover right away at the beginning of the season. We don't really know uh, where he's at in his recovery, but we know that you know he's dealing with a major neck injury. So um, I think they did a pretty good job. And then Christian Mazzone as well, you know, adding him. He had a great season in the MLL last year with the Blaze. Um, I think that's a good replacement for Danny Ipe and a Ben McIntosh that they, they lost in the expansion draft. Um, but, yeah, overall, I think, you know, a really fun entry draft. Uh, I think a lot of teams did really well. Um, going off of that, Joe, you know, we want to kind of dive in a little bit to your, your PLL stats a little bit, um, something you guys just started, you and your fellow analyst, Jake Watts. You ran Moneyball Lacrosse previously. So kind of talk us through like this latest initiative with the PLL and uh, what you're most excited about unveiling in the coming months. We're looking at the game a little differently than it's been looked at before, right? Traditionally, you only see goals, assists, ground balls, shots in the uh, box score. Um, hopefully, we're going to bring a little more light and uh, spark some more conversations, uh, sort of breaking those shots down into assisted shots versus unassisted shots, right? Rolling out shot charts. Um, Giving, giving the fans a little more context, making them smarter fans, right, so we can have educated discussions. Talk about stuff like, does Rob Pinnell fit on the Atlas? Does he fit on an attack line with three right-handed attack, uh, attackmen? Like, what does that sort of team look like? What are the best teams? Are they Do they have a balance of on- and off-ball guys? Do they have six guys who can do a little bit of both? Do they have three righties and three lefties? Like, what is the right balance that makes an offense pick? Uh, and again, circling back to my point earlier on Zach Courier, the main takeaway from year one PLL stats is that transition wins at this league. Transition dominates. 20% of shots were taken on fast breaks, and another 10% were taken in slow breaks, substitute settings. So it's 30% of shots right there that are taken in unsettled situations before you have your offensive midfielders on the field, really. So uh, the teams that are able to dominate in those settings – the teams that win. So making fans smarter, you know, to be focused on the stuff that actually matters uh, is the main goal of PLL stats and hopefully drumming up some uh, more intelligent debates. Yeah, no, for sure. And uh, I really appreciated, you know, your um, conversation and presentation at LaxCon, kind of talking about, you know, the importance of the two-man game, especially in the, the PLL. And um, it kind of, you know, challenged my preconceived notions about, you know, alley dodging and, um, you know, kind of what I was taught in high school and even in college, you know, with dodging down the alley, move the ball through X, um, you know, you're, you kind of pointed out that the most effective teams last season and you think going forward are going to be the ones that can really work those two-man games, you know, the mumbo sets um, off the wings. So uh, tell me a little bit more about that, kind of what you, you kind of spoke on at LaxCon a little bit. Yeah, so that presentation was about uh, finding shots with six to your middle. Uh, 
more more specifically assisted shots with sticks to the middle, right? So Coach Huntley found that wherever you are on the field, it doesn't matter. Your shooting percentage skyrockets when your stick is towards the inside, right? That's something that box lacrosse players abide by 99% of the time. They're not going to take a shot on the wrong side. Mm-hmm. Americans, on the other hand, American midfielders are kind of taught from a young age to initiate from up top, right, where you're splitting either lefty to your wrong side or righty to your wrong side. You have a two-way go, but both shots are with your stick to the outside. So mm-hmm. those wing initiations kind of give you that option, right, to win top side to your strong hand, or you can get underneath and still shoot with your top hand. Uh, those wing initiations, and more specifically the two-man games, are the ones that really put a lot of pressure on the defense and make them slide. The alley dodges, and especially in this league too, uh, in the pros where defenses recover so fast, mm-hmm. alley dodge, bang it through X and get it to the backside, doesn't really work. Defenses are right there. Uh, those two-pass goals aren't as common as coaches would lead you to believe, at least in the pros. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, you, you talked about a little bit too how um, most goals were only, you know, scored with one assist and not really that, you know, hockey assist as we call it. or um, secondary, um, we'll call yeah, it. secondary assist. Um, yeah, no, I, I think it's interesting. It makes a lot of sense too. You know, you have your stick to the outside. Uh, you limit your angle on the goal. Um, even if you your intention is to just work it through X, um, you know, you don't really pose as much of a threat. Um, so yeah, we're definitely looking forward to seeing how teams implement that a little bit more. Not that it hasn't already been implemented, but uh, kind of looking at it from that lens. And then going off of that too, I, I know the the PLL has already had they have the unbuckled chin strap out. They have uh, the inside feed. They mentioned they want to get to six podcasts. Are we going to see a, maybe a PLL stats podcast creep up a little bit? Uh, is that in the works? <laughs> If it is, I haven't heard about it. <laughs> All right, well, well, we'd like to hear that, I think. So maybe we, we shout that out a little bit. Um, I uh, that. I, I, I'm trying to think of ideas of what those other four podcasts could be, and um, that's one came came to mind. I'm like, I'd listen to, to you and Jake Watts maybe talk some PLL stats. Uh, but uh, Jake and I could talk stats all day. Jake's uh, been doing great with the PLL stats. Um, super smart and passionate about the game. We could talk all day. I don't know how many people would want to listen. There are probably better topics we could have with some of these players and some of the uh, members of the team out in L.A. I guess so, but uh, we, me and Adam would definitely listen. But uh, anyway, Joe, it's been great having you on. Uh, any parting thoughts uh, on this entry draft that you want to leave with us? What was your biggest surprise, Hyden? I didn't ask. Uh, my biggest surprise, see, I actually kind of thought they might take Dylan Ward. Um, I guess taking Eli Gobrecht, the Archers, I really thought that just given that there were so few offensive options in this draft that I thought maybe the Archers would try to take, you know, a Zed Williams or a Christian Mazzone and then maybe see where the defenders kind of shaped out. But they obviously really wanted Eli, and uh, they got their guy, you know, at four. So I, I guess that's kind of my biggest surprise. I thought they really would go with a Zed Williams who could, you know, provide them a little bit more of a spark on attack as well as, you know, that two-way midi roll, um, given that they lost Ipe and Ben McIntosh. But, uh, yeah, I guess that was my biggest surprise. Yeah, I thought that might have been a nice fit, um, especially on that righty wing with Tom Schreiber. Um, I guess they're comfortable, and I don't blame them for this, but they're just comfortable with Davey Emila being that picker for Tom Schreiber. That's that's obviously the big hole to fill, right, with Ben yep. McIntosh on. Um, and Davey Emelow is one of the great off-ball players in this league. So 
I think Zed is more of that on-ball guy. He might pair better with uh, with an off-ball player with him, right? So, like, a Jay Carlson type guy on the whip snake might be a better combo for Zed. I don't know how Zed and Schreiber would have worked. Would have loved to see it, but, uh, yeah, I guess defense was the need for the archers and for almost everybody in this draft, so they addressed it. Yep, no, and, uh, you know, it was really hard to kind of just pick, uh, you know, who was going to go first of these polls. I mean, you know, I got into a discussion with a guy. He thought I should have ranked Craig Chick higher, um, and I, you know, I think Craig Chick might be arguably one of the versatile polls in this draft, but there's just so many talent, you know, it's whether you want experience or, you know, youth, um, you know, it, I mean, you had, you know, young guys like Rylan Reese and Craig Chick, but you also had Bernhardt, um, you know, Jason Noble, um, and then you guys, you know, in between that have a little bit of experience under the belt, but, uh, you know, like Eli Gobrek and Finn Sullivan. So it was definitely a stacked draft for defense. Um, and I think a lot of teams got better defensively, but, uh, yeah, with that, um, that kind of wraps up. Our first part of the podcast, Joe, we appreciate you coming on. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed it, and uh, you know, best of luck in your future PLO endeavors. We'll be watching your breakdowns and reading your articles for sure. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, guys. Before history is written... It's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Today's show is being brought to you in part by Stitcher Premium. You can use Stitcher Premium to listen to shows ad-free such as Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, My Favorite Murder, Wolverine the Lost Trail, or our favorite, The Fantasy Footballers. For only $4.99 a month or $34.99 a year, you get access to Stitcher Originals, bonus episodes, and comedy albums. Better yet, if you go over to stitcher.com premium and use the promo code lacrosse today, you can get one month free. So head on over to Stitcher, sign up, and get your free trial today. Alright, so welcome back. Uh, that was our interview with Joe Keegan. Um, we really appreciate Joe coming on. You know, he provides some great insight on not only, you know, these picks that these players, not only the picks that these coaches made, but, you know, a little bit of, uh, you know, some potential shakeup that could have occurred before, but, you know, all these teams decide to stay put with their picks. Um, then they draft in the order that they, they got in the lottery and they drafted in the order that they were assigned through the lottery. Um, and I think, you know, every team got better because of it. Um, but with that, let's kind of listen to some of what these players had to say and their reactions. So we'll start off with uh, the number one pick overall, Zach Courier, and hear what he had to say. I'm here with Zach Courier, the newest member of the Water Dogs Lacrosse Club. Uh, Zach, tell me what was your reaction when you found out you were drafted number one overall by the Water Dogs? I'm excited. Um, I was looking up and down the roster uh, as, I'm, as I was about all the other teams in the draft, and um, I thought that was realistically the best fit for me, just seeing the guys that... Uh, Coach Copeland had picked up in the expansion draft, and um, I think there's a lot of guys on that roster that are very talented players, and I can't wait to get started. No, that's great. And uh, what are you looking forward to most this season in joining the PLL? Um, I'm looking forward to pushing the ball in transition. I think the the rules are geared towards my game pretty heavily, which I'm mm-hmm. excited about. Um, and I'm excited to just have a uh, have some people finally see me play. I feel like I was at Princeton and 
we were on TV a couple times, but I never made it to the tournament. And then uh, the MLL didn't really have the biggest viewership. So the fact that uh, the league's on NBC is pretty cool. Um, and I'm excited about that. And then obviously just the entire landscape of the league, we get to tour around to new places every weekend and spread the game of lacrosse to, to people and make new friends and bring new fans to the game. And so uh, I'm excited for a lot of things. And so it's, it's pretty tough for me to kind of pinpoint one thing, but uh, I'm, I'm pretty pumped overall. I'm here with Jesse Bernhardt, the newest member of the Chrome Lacrosse Club. Congratulations. Tell me what your reaction was when you found out you were drafted by the Chrome. Thanks. I, yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, definitely excited. Um, I think, you know, just overall having the opportunity to come over the PLL, um, you know, that within itself was, was great. And then, uh, you know, a, a good group of players coming over in this draft. So you kind of never really know where you're going to kind of fall. I haven't spoke to a few of the teams, you know, leading up to the draft. But uh, but a lot of those guys um, on that team, you know, a few of them I've crossed paths with uh, playing with Team USA and, and things of that nature. And uh, I know a lot of those guys have, have played together for a long time. Um, and they always uh, – they were always a tough squad and they played hard and, uh, you know, competed, which was, uh, you know, something that definitely uh, was exciting to, to hear and see when I got picked by those guys. So uh, I had a good conversation with Coach Sudan and uh, definitely just pumped to get the, the summer going. No, that's awesome. And uh, what are you looking forward to most this coming season? You know, I think uh, I think just, you know, getting back out there to play is always, uh, you know, always one. Um, just seemed like we have such a – a uh, long time off between seasons. But, again, I think the opportunity just to step back on the field with, you know, definitely the best in the world and, um, you know, kind of step into a new um, new environment and new experience, um, kind of, you know, doing this for a few years now, I think having a little rejuvenation in, in that sense is something that uh, I'm looking forward to. And, again, like I said before, I think, uh, you know, a great group of guys on the Chrome, which uh, I'm excited to get with. No, that's great. And uh, I got to ask one final question. Uh, how's the matchup going to be between you and your brother, Jake, when you, you guys play the Whips? Uh, is there going to be some trash talk leading up to that game? Uh, there might be. I was actually going back and forth with uh, John Hoss a little bit today before uh, before that stuff, and we were kind of talking about what some things I had heard. And uh, I think uh, – and, and, again, I'll have to give him credit and maybe the PLL will have to trademark it for him. But, you know, it's going to be the little brothers versus the big brothers with me and Will Hoss versus, uh, you know, Jake and John Hoss. So, uh, so it definitely will be exciting. Uh, hopefully he doesn't try to stay on the offensive end too much. Uh, so we'll see. No, no, we're looking forward to that matchup for sure. Well, we appreciate it, Jesse. Uh, best of luck and congratulations again. Thanks, Hutton. Appreciate it. I'm here with Eli Gobrecht, one of the newest members of the Archers Lacrosse Club. Eli, tell me, what was your reaction when you found out you were drafted by the Archers? I was really excited. Um, Coach Bates called me probably a couple minutes before the pick went out um, just to let me know that they were going to pick me, and uh, I was really excited to, uh, to get that call, and uh, I'm excited to be with this group. Yeah, no, and uh, you know, this is going to be your first season in the PLL, so what excites you the most about joining this new league? Um, you know, it was fun watching last year. They did a really good job um, with the with the media side and obviously being on NBC, but i got to be honest, I'm really, really excited to play with uh, with Tom Schreiber. I think he's one of, if not the best player in the world right now, so that's, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, no, it's great. We're looking forward to watching you with the Archers, and then anybody on that defense you're really looking forward to playing with? Yeah, I, was just, I just talked to Matt McMahon a little bit. Um, I've been watching him for a while. I really like his game, so I'm excited to play with him. And then uh, with Scott Ratliff as well. And we've got a couple great goalies back there as well, and Drew Adams and Adam Gittleman.
you know, you guys are going to be a force on defense. Well, we look forward to watching you play this season with the Archers. Uh, best of luck. Yeah, I can't wait, man. Summer can't come soon enough. I'm here with Finn Sullivan, the newest member of the Redwoods Lacrosse Club. Uh, Finn, tell me what your reaction was when you found out you were drafted by the Redwoods. Oh, I was so fired up, man. Um, the Redwoods were definitely on a short list of teams that I was hoping I'd end up uh, falling to or going to. And, um, you know, I was just so fired up. I think the first thing I got was like a Twitter notification, obviously, with the draft on Twitter. So uh, before I even got like a text or anything from Coach Nat, uh, I found out on Twitter and I was all fired up with my wife here at the house. So just stoked. Obviously, they have such a good defense with Garrett Apple. Eddie Glazner, um, John Sexton, like all those guys, Timmy Troutner. Um, so I'm just fired up to join them down at training camp and fit in any way I can, you know? You know, for sure. I actually thought you'd be a perfect fit for them. You were on my uh, mock draft board of going to the Redwoods, so I'm glad you landed there. Um, but tell me what you're looking forward to most this season. Definitely, you know, just joining the woods, obviously. I'm pumped about that. I, I think uh, it is funny, too. I noticed right away that, like, I lost in the MLL championship last year and obviously have a horrible taste in my mouth about that. And mm -hmm. obviously the Redwoods dropped uh, the title to the Whip Snakes last year in the PLL. So I'm just pumped to like kind of join forces with these guys. We all got the same goal. We're sort of pissed off about how our seasons ended last year. And uh, that's what I'm most looking forward to, I guess, is kind of like sharing in that like revenge goal with, uh, with my new teammates. So, so pumped to uh, do that, get started. All right, so I'm here with Dylan Ward, the newest member of the Chaos Lacrosse Club. Dylan, tell me, what was your reaction when you found out you were drafted by the Chaos? Yeah, pretty excited. Um, you know, pretty familiar with uh, a lot of those guys on the roster. And, uh, you know, you see what they, they were able to do last year and, and uh, you know, pretty close to getting to, to a championship game. And, and uh, hopefully, you know, I can, I can add some value there and, and uh, just excited to, to get the, the season rolling with them. Great, no, and we're looking forward to watching you. And what are you looking forward to the most? Uh, you know, I think just uh, the the comp competition, and uh, you know, the you look at every roster, top to bottom, and there's some great players, and and it's just going to be exciting to to play with some guys that uh, I've played with in the past, and also some some guys that you know I've never played with, but uh, heard some great things. So, you know, it's going to be it's going to be a fun summer. All right, well, we're looking forward to watching you in cage, Dylan. Uh, best of luck this summer with the chaos. Thank you, appreciate that. I'm here with Rylan Reese, one of the newest members of the Water Dogs Lacrosse Club. Rylan, tell me what was your reaction when you found out you were drafted by Coach Copeland in the Water Dogs? Um, I was stoked. I didn't find out until the tweet came out, but uh, yeah, it was my just waiting for my name to be called, and then to hear the Water Dogs pitch me up um, was pretty great. Getting back to play with Brody Merrill and Zach Courier and Wesley Bird, so a couple fellow Canadians on that team for me, but uh, I couldn't be more excited. Yeah, definitely a strong Canadian influence on this Water Dogs team. But Rylan, tell me what are you looking forward to most in joining the PLL this season? I'm just looking forward to competing against the best level across in the world and being a part of something that's different in this new league. So um, I think a little bit of change is good, and uh, yeah, just excited to go out and compete. All right, well, thank you, Rylan. We appreciate your time, and uh, best of luck with the Water Dogs this summer. Thank you very much. I'm here with Craig Chick, one of the newest members of the PLL Atlas. Craig? Congratulations on getting drafted by the Atlas. Uh, what was your reaction when you found out you were going to be joining the Bulls? Yeah, I was just excited, um, you know, and completely blessed. It was, it's going to be a great opportunity, and it was, it was a team that I was excited to, to see that, that would pick me up, and, you know, I, I can't wait to get after it with them. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, what are you looking forward to most this coming summer uh, in joining the PLL? Competing at the highest level. 
Um, you know, I think that whole league is is filled with competitors and, and guys that love to win and, and love to compete. Um, and that's kind of how I see myself. So um, I can't wait to, to see what they're all about and, and, and get after it and, and fight to win for a championship with, with Atlas. Yeah, well, we're definitely looking to seeing you take the field with the Atlas uh, this summer. So best of luck. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, I'm here with Christian Mazzone, the newest member of the Archers Lacrosse Club. Christian, tell me what was your reaction when you found out you were drafted by the Archers? Yeah, so uh, I actually got a call from Coach Bakes uh, a couple picks before, which I appreciate very much because I was sweating it out a little bit. But he just spoke to me um, for a little bit and told me that they were going to select me. Um, and I was just excited. Um, Archers are a great fit, I think. I think a lot of those there's a lot of Long Island guys which I like um, and I'm just excited to get out there and get the training camp with the boys you know for sure and uh, you know you're joining the PLL after a very productive season with uh, the Blaze last season in the MLL what are you looking forward to the most though joining the PLL this summer yeah so um, I mean I'm a lacrosse fan by nature um, I love love watching lacrosse I watch a lot of the PLL games this summer and I just think what they've done with the sport is is really cool and interesting and it provides a much, you know, better product with the shortened field, reduced shot clock, and I really think I fit in well with that. I mean, I've always been a guy who just loves to stay on the field, to be honest. Um, and I think I can be successful in this league uh, with those new rules and the style of play, and I'm just excited to finally get out there and, and show my abilities. You know, we're looking forward to watching you with the Archers, uh, so best of luck this summer. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. So, Adam, we just heard from a bunch of those players and, you know, their reaction. But uh, before we kind of get going here, I want to just ask you, what team do you think kind of did the best in the draft? I know we talked a little bit about Joe, but what team do you think is set up for the most success this coming season? You know, I, I talked about uh, the Woods filling some holes with Finn Selvin and Greg Puskalgian at, at faceoff. But I, I know it's kind of cheating, but I, I think the Water Dogs, uh, probably had the best draft out of anyone. You know, Joe talked about top transition teams were in the championship last year, and they got two of arguably already the best transition players in the league, in Zach Courier, who can play defense and offense, and Rylan Reese, who can push the ball um, as an LSM. So I, I think that Water Dogs team was stacked already, and they add two players uh, that can only help uh, that offense and defense uh, as well. So I, I'm going Water Dogs. Um, but it, it's tough to pick, but I think they got two of the most impactful players in this draft. Yeah, no, and uh, I agree with you 100%. And I, I liked, too, you mentioned the Redwoods. I, I really like Finn Sullivan going to this Redwoods team because we really do have a bunch of question marks around Matt Landis with his military commitment. Um, Finn Sullivan can step in, no problem, you know, kind of replaces a Brian Carolunas type of player. Um, and uh, I think this Redwoods defense is going to be just as good as last year. Um, and yeah, again, we talk about, they didn't really lose many people in that expansion draft. They traded for Miles Jones. Um, so they have a force at the midfield. I think right now they're the most complete team. Uh, you got Timmy Troutner in cage and if he starts to falter, you, you know, you got, uh, Jack Kelly right behind them. So, um, Redwoods for me, I think, you know, they addressed their two needs, uh, in this draft, adding Greg Pusklegian, who was a great face-off guy with the Lizards last season. So, um, yeah, they're, they're my team right now. And uh, one team that kind of left, left their head scratching a little bit is the Chaos. And not because we don't think Dylan Ward is, is great. You know, if you've listened to any of our NLL recaps, we've been singing his praises probably to, to no end. But, uh, 
you know, it didn't really make sense to us um, for why they would take him at seven when they still had some needs at, you know, short stick defensive midi where they could have taken a TJ Camizio and then some more at pole. Uh, so how do you feel about the chaos after this draft? I can never go against someone taking an all-world goalie in Dylan Ward. I think he's a top three, five goalie in, in the world right now, whether you're talking about box or outdoor. And, you know, Joe talked about um, Coach Towers uh, looking to fill a, a spot on that 18-man roster, uh, and, and backup goalie was one of them currently. And, obviously, Dylan slides right into that second goalie spot uh, pretty seamlessly. Um, but at the same time, you do have the reigning goalie of the year on your team. You're telling me a guy like Rylan Reese wouldn't, uh, make that 18-man roster? I, I don't know. Um, I think if you're talking about impact, Dylan Ward, if anything, he'd replace the goalie of the year, which is what you expect him to be. Jason Noble could be very good, but we just haven't seen it. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you on the um, the chaos. You know, again, I, I don't think, you know, I don't think any of these players makes a team worse. It's just, you know, how much more value you could have gotten maybe from taking like a Rylan Reese or I think, you know, like I said, it's TJ Camizio, um, to replace that, you know, what they lost in McClancy. But, uh, yeah, no, overall, um, great drafts for all teams. You've got a lot of talent coming into this league and we're looking forward, uh, to watching them in, uh, 2020. On Thursday, we're going to do a, a giveaway with, uh, Laxstraps. We partner with them. You know, Laxstraps does a great job, um, you know, with supporting special causes, um, you know, they look a lot better than if you're just taping it up. Um, and so we love what Laxstraps is doing with that. And we thought, you know, during these trying times where many people aren't able to play, to remember that lacrosse is the medicine game. Uh, so we have a lacrosse is medicine strap coming on Thursday. You guys can enter to win by following us on Instagram and tagging three people in the comments, as well as following Laxstraps on Instagram as well. Uh, we appreciate them partnering with us on this. Hopefully we can provide a little bit of some positivity during these trying times during the spring season. Um, But with that, though, that wraps up our podcast. Uh, If you guys enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. Like us on, you know, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, And, you know, be sure to, you know, follow Joe Keegan on Twitter. He's at Joe Keegs on Twitter. Um, Also, you know, check out all these players, you know, that we interviewed. Um, They're really excited to join the PLL, and we're excited to watch them on NBC this season. Uh, But with that, that concludes our podcast. Uh, We hope you guys enjoyed, and thank you for listening to Pro Lacrosse Talk. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today's show is being brought to you in part by Stitcher Premium. You can use Stitcher Premium to listen to shows ad-free such as Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, My Favorite Murder, Wolverine the Lost Trail, or our favorite, The Fantasy Footballers. For only $4.99 a month or $34.99 a year, you get access to Stitcher Originals, bonus episodes, and comedy albums. Better yet, if you go over to stitcher.com premium and use the promo code lacrosse today, you can get one month free. So head on over to Stitcher, sign up, and get your free trial today.